Hey everybody, welcome to another chapter of the Book of Sean. I'm still recovering, people. There's a lot going on with me this week. Y'all been praying for me? I need more prayers. More prayers, people. Touch and agree. Healing. It's possible. Anyway, I'm glad you tuned in tonight. Got a great show for you tonight. My dear sister Karima's here. Karima, I like her name. I like her name. Karima. She's here today. She is an attorney. She's a lawyer. She's a black woman. She's got it going on. But she's had quite a little journey with love, people, okay? Because it's hard when you're a professional and you got great, you know, accreditation and credentials. It's hard to find somebody. I'm going to see if I can help her. Because that's what I do. I help people. I can't wait to talk to her, listen to her heart and her journey. We got some Ask Dr. Sean. We got some headlines. Got a lot going on tonight. You know, just because I feel bad, don't mean I'm not showing up to be great people. Consider this my Michael Jordan flu game. Turns out Michael Jordan didn't have the flu. He had food poisoning. Play the bumper, Hiley. (laughs) Yes, yes, yes. Let's talk about Emmett Till. So a team from the Emmett Till Legacy Foundation searched the basement of a Mississippi courthouse for evidence about the lynching. And they found, listen to this, an unserved warrant for the arrest of Carol Bryant Dunham. Those of you who don't know, Carol Bryant Dunham was the white woman who falsely accused Emmett Teal for making advances at her or towards her, which ultimately led to his murder and lynching. So the family found an unserved arrest warrant in the bottom of the courthouse for this woman. And now the family, rightfully so, wants Carol Bryant Bryant Dunham arrested. Since there's already an arrest warrant for her that's been around since 1955, and I just rose up to say, this woman should have been arrested a long time ago. Can I get an amen or a hand clap somewhere? If you falsely accuse someone, of doing something that they didn't do, and then your accusation leads to them being lynched, you should be in jail. Why is this woman walking around like she didn't, like there are no consequences for her behavior or for her actions? Carol Bryant Dunham should be in jail. Somebody snapped their fingers and agree with me on that. Are you? I mean, come on, man. None of the people that lynched Emmett Till went to jail. None of the police officers or court officials went to jail. And the woman who accused them never went to jail. I think somebody should have to pay some consequences for the death of this boy. You follow what I'm saying? It's time for somebody to pay for what happened to Emmett Till. It's been way too long for people to walk around like nothing ever happened. Like it don't matter. Now see, I just read an article of a 100-year-old Nazi who recently went to jail for crimes he committed against the Jews. This man is 100 years old, and he went to jail for that. Carol Dunham, I don't care how old she is, she needs to go to jail for what she did to Emmett Till. See, either we are a nation of laws or we're not. Either the law applies to everybody or applies to nobody. And when it's all said and done, falsely accusing someone of a crime and and that accusation leading to that person being lynched and murdered should come with consequences. 
I'm all for justice for Emmett Till. My guest tonight is a lawyer, and I know she agrees with me. You can't run around accusing people falsely and then, and then go have dinner for 50 years. Don't start making me cuss because I'm sick, and I start cussing, I won't be able to stop. All right, let's move on. Let's talk about voters. This is a crazy story. So in the last year, since President Biden took office, check this out. More than a million voters have switched to the Republican Party. What the hell? <laughs> what? So y'all hate, listen, a million voters have switched to the Republican Party? A million voters. Most notably, the shift happened out in the suburbs, which absolutely does not surprise me because you can't trust people out in the suburbs, okay? You can't. I'm sorry, that might sound biased, but you can't. But a million of y'all switched back to being Republicans or you switched over to being Republicans? What the hell is wrong with you people? So you guys hate Joe Biden so much that you're willing to go back to Donald Trump? How does that make sense? I know Joe is not the best president we've ever had. He's not Stella. He's no Franklin Roosevelt. He's no Barack Obama. But he's a lot better than Donald Trump. And what are y'all switching back to? Huh? Insurrections? Stolen elections? A party with no platform? A party that just chases after whatever Donald Trump? What are y'all switching back to? Y'all are crazy. A million people decided they wanted to go back to being Republicans or they were Democrats and now they're Republicans. Beloved, the days of the Republican Party were about lower taxes and, I don't know, small government. Those days are over. This is the party of Trump. And that's what y'all switched to? I understand that you don't like Joe Biden, but listen, I take Joe Biden over Donald Trump every day of the week and twice on Sunday. It makes no sense to me. You know, when it's all said and done, and sometimes you got to really understand the true nature of your choices. Sometimes you don't get to choose the perfect or the good. Sometimes you have to choose that which makes sense and that which makes no sense at all. And you guys are actively choosing the, that which makes no sense at all. So, you know what's going to happen? You reap what you sow. Go on and be a Republican. Go on and put Donald Trump back in office and watch what happens to your country. But you know why they're choosing this? Because most of these voters, are all, it's all about the economy. They're choosing it because they don't like the economy. And they'd rather choose the economy over democracy. And that's what's wrong in America. The American dream is financial and not ethical. And that's what's wrong with America. At some point, you've got to say the most important thing isn't what happens with my bank account. The most important thing is what happens to my country. Because I'm trying to have a country that my children deserve. But you go on and be a Republican. You go on and put Donald Trump back in office and watch what happens to your country and your economy. Get me to preaching. All right. Let's talk about uh, Congresswoman Lauren Boebert. Uh, This is an interesting story. Republican Congressman Lauren Boebert says she's tired of the separation between church and state. (laughs) Oh, God. 
While speaking at a religious service in Colorado, the congresswoman told worshipers at the church that um, she's tired of the separation between church and state and that this, there's not supposed to be a separation because that's not how the founders intended it. She went on to say that separation of church and state is not in the Constitution. I got a lawyer on tonight who probably would disagree with that. Because last time I checked, there was something called uh, the Fifth Amendment. And in the Fifth Amendment, it says Congress shall make no law respecting the establishment of religion or prohibiting the free exercise thereof. So it turns out there is a separation between church and state. Those words literally are not there. But the intent of the Fifth Amendment is to make sure that there's a state and that there's religion. This is what happens when you put people in Congress who never read the Constitution. How are you going to swear to uphold something you ain't never read? Huh? Lauren Boebert is a wonderful example of why people who are unintelligent and uneducated should not be elected to office. There's the separation of church and state is not in the Constitution. It is in the Constitution, you numb nut. Oh, my God. How do you get elected if you never read the Constitution? That's the part I don't understand. How do you even get elected? How do people vote for you? There ought to be a constitutional test before getting elected. See, the separation between church and state is not there to protect the church against the, the government. It's there to protect government from the church. You know that, right? That's why it's there. It's there to protect the rule of law against the passions of religion. Because religious people can become so fervent and so passionate that it overrides their logic. And you end up doing something with passion that you would never do in your right mind. This government is here to be established for the rule of law. Not the rule of religion. So that some fascist religious person gets up and says, I don't believe that black people are people. And black people being slaves is in the Bible. So we're going to go back to slavery in 2026 because God told me so. That's why you have separation of church and state. So you don't have numbnut preachers and bishops and apostles getting up talking about the Lord told me that, you know, women shouldn't have rights because it's in the Bible. And it is in the Bible, by the way. So is slaves being obedient to your masters. That's in the Bible, too. But you need the rule of law for people who don't agree with your reading of the Bible. What is wrong with us? God, I'm sick. I need some tea. These people are making me want some tea. I need some green tea after all this. You know what I'm saying? Or some bourbon. Well, not bourbon, because that probably would make me sicker right now. Doesn't mean I don't want it. You know what I'm saying? He not even paying attention. I'm a sick man. You ain't even paying attention. You going to hell. <laughs> How you going to leave me out here by myself right now? Anyway, needless to say, Lauren Boebert is a Republican. And I expect things like this out of the mouth of a Republican. Because this is something that a Republican would say. There shouldn't be a separation between church and state. Can I just say one more thing about this? The founders of the American Constitution, the founders of, the, of America, this country, 
They didn't believe in God. They didn't believe in the God of the Bible. They were deists. They didn't believe that God was some intervening divine figure. They believed that God was a watchmaker who had wound the world up and left the world to figure itself out. So the God that they talk about and God we trust ain't the God that you believe in. You would know that if you went to college. You would know that if you took a constitutional law class. I'm not even a lawyer. I took a constitutional law class in undergraduate and I know that. But this is what happens with Republicans. They don't believe in books. They don't believe in education. They don't believe in democracy. They just believe in Donald Trump. Somebody needs to pray for America. If you don't pray for America, pray for me. All right, let's do one more before I bring on my guests. This is an interesting story that we found laying around on the trash heap of history. Rhode Island police officer running for state Senate, Gene Lugo, dropped out of the race, check this out, after punching his opponent, <laughs> after punching his opponent at an abortion protest. Gene Lugo was running against the Democratic opponent, Jennifer. Jennifer is a woman. Gene is a man. Uh, running against opponent, Jennifer Rourke. Rourke. And the two found themselves in close proximity at a protest. And in a video posted on social media, shows people exchanging punches. And in the chaotic scene, the video appears to show a man fighting Jennifer Rock. And she claims that the man who punched her was Gene Lugo. We have, a vi we have the video. Let's take a look at the video. Do we have the video? Okay. Wow. In the words of my grandson, wow. So let's talk about this. First of all, how does a grown-ass man justify punching a woman in the face? Could we start there? I'm just going to wait for you to answer that with me. How do you justify punching a woman in the face? What? He punched a woman in the face? Okay. Under what set of conditions is that all right? Under what set of conditions, peaceful or otherwise, is it okay for a man to punch a woman in the face? Okay. You got to be a piss poor man to be punching women in the face. Somebody ought to punch him in the face. I want to nominate myself for that. Because men that hit women, I ain't got no time for that. You hit a woman and I want to hit you. You hit a woman in the face? Let's keep going. Second of all, what, is a, what in the world is a white, a white man doing punching a black woman in the face? Because he's a white dude punching a black woman in the face and claiming he accidentally. How do you accidentally punch somebody in the face? Can you explain that to me? You ever accidentally punch somebody in the face? I never accidentally. If I punch you in the face, it's because I meant to do it. So, you know, did I, did I begin by telling you that, that, that Gene is a police officer? 
So that explains a lot, doesn't it? Since it is the common practice of police in this country to punch black people in the face. So now we understand how it happened. Mr. Police Officer punched a black person in the face. Didn't matter that she's a woman. Didn't matter that they were at an abortion protest. Because that's just how it works in this country. <sighs> what was true 50 years ago is true today. Black women are the most disrespected demographic in America. And they've always been the most disrespected demographic in this country. And it disgusts me. It's despicable that this country has never found the wherewithal to respect and love black women. It dis we despise black women. And yet this country has never been able to prove itself without her. So you hear me, little black girl. America will never love you the way you should be loved. And this country will never give you the honor that you deserve. But please understand there are those of us who see your greatness. We see the crown of your hair. We see the stride of your, of your walk. We see the power of your hips. We see the elongated way you flick your hand when you're done with somebody. We see how you bat your eyes. We see how you curl your mouth when the passion and the fever grabs you. Huh? We see that, in, that intense look you give us when you want to tell us to shut up but you don't want to use words. We hear your poetry. We hear your music. We love your stance. We feel your absence. We seize and understand your greatness. And while this world has never loved little black girls, we understand that we have never been able to turn without you. Woo, let's take a break. <laughs> <laughs> we'll be right back with a beautiful black woman right after this. Welcome back, everybody. So, what do you do when you have amassed and accomplished so much? But there's still one thing missing. Still something that you wish you had. And all of us watching tonight, we all have that one thing that we wish we had. In spite of everything else we've been able to do. My sister Karima is here tonight. She knows that journey. I can't wait to listen to her talk about it. Welcome to the show tonight, Karima. How you doing, Dr. Sean? Thanks for having me. It's my pleasure. You are so apropos tonight, considering my ending with my headlines. I was yeah. like, yes, I'm talking about Karima. <laughs> yes, it was perfect. Thank you. Perfect timing. <laughs> yes, I'm so glad you're here. Listen, so you're a lawyer. Yeah. And um, what was the driving force to making you want to be a lawyer? Talk to me about that. Um, so I was actually adopted by my maternal grandmother's co-worker, mm. and uh, I just always had this high level of empathy since I, I grew up and because of what my mom did for me. So um, I just always wanted to help people, and I felt the title would, you know, would help me help people a lot more. And uh, I just always wanted to be a lawyer since I was about 11 years old, and I wanted to make my mom proud because she did so much for me. That is such a great story. She was, yeah, she was amazing. I didn't expect you to say that. That was that was rich and emotional. Thank you, thank you. So, so as you tell, as you say that, you know, I, I do, do you get emotional when you when you talk about that? That woman, she was amazing. She actually passed away on my first as soon as I finished my first semester in law school. So she saw me get into law school, but yeah, she, she was fifty seven when she took me in at one, mm. and that, that's just I I don't know I I couldn't do that. She already raised all, you know, my, my adopted siblings, and she she didn't want to see me go to foster care, so she took me in. So what, yeah. was you, 
What, what would you say to her if she was here? I mean, I would just, I mean, I would just say thank you so much. I mean, I hear these horror stories of what could have been and where I could have ended up. And um, I'm just so amazed and so happy that she chose me. You know, she to. I would just say thank you so much. And I love everything about you. That's, mm, no, that's sweet. I, I love that. I love that. So you've achieved your professional goals. Yes. You you have you have you did it what you wanted to be since you were eleven you did it. Tell me what's missing. Um, I feel like I should be married by now or at least in a long term relationship. I'm uh just having a hard time putting my personal and dating life first. Like when I go out, I always have my laptop. If I go away, I have my laptop. I just it's, it's very difficult. I'm always thinking about what I could be doing when I'm out. Karima. I. <laughs> What? So when you go out, you have your laptop with you? I do have my laptop. I went out. I actually went out of town, and I usually bring my laptop because I wake up early, so if everybody else is sleeping, I feel like I could be doing some work. You don't do that, Dr. Sean? You don't bring your laptop everywhere? Not on a date. <laughs> yes, I went away for a weekend, and I had my laptop. Okay, we're going to talk about it. That's why you're here, because we got to talk about this. So, so when you were in law school, did you date? Really, I mean, for the summer because I had summers off. You but, did um, wait, wait. You did summer dating. So, and I would, but I would let them know, like I only have a little bit of time, the summertime. Yeah, I was in school fourteen hours a day, twelve to fourteen hours a day. I traveled from Staten Island to Long Island. I, I don't know if you're familiar with the New York area. I'm from but, New York, Kareem. What you talk about? Well, then you know, Staten Island and Long Island are two spectrums of the world. Everyone talks about those two locations. So, I was in school a long time. From 7 a.m. to at least 7 p.m. every day, sometimes 9 p.m. So I only had time to date during the summer. So you didn't feel, I understand the, I understand the time and the distance, but you didn't feel like you could venture or explore the possibility of someone understanding. Now I feel that way. Back then, I. I was so laser focused on getting into law school, getting through law school, the bar exam. No, I did not. I wish I did now, looking back. But then, no. Okay, I, but, but we got we got we got to explore that because I I'm, I'm feeling as if the inability to consider the fact that somebody could understand that isn't just about the time. Isn't just about, and I saw, I saw your face. I saw your face. You agree with me. What else was going on as to why you didn't venture to consider that somebody could understand you? Somebody could, could be there for you. They would ride it out with you. What, what was it about you that wouldn't consider that? I, Dr. Sean, I, 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 I do not know. I, maybe I didn't feel like I met like a, a very ambitious person like myself who could understand that. So I, I don't know. I just, I couldn't, I could not fathom at that point in my life that someone, I should have allowed someone in my space and in my time. I, I couldn't. Did you not. feel like you were worthy of it? Um, at that time, yeah, uh, I felt like I should have had someone. Now I know I was worthy and now I know. No, 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 Kareem and the lawyer. At that time, because I'm with you, girl, I'm with you. I'm, I'm, I'm adopted myself. So I, oh, okay. I know I, I know I know the answer to these questions before I ask them. I'm I'm like a I'm like a lawyer tonight. 
at the time, did you feel like you were worthy? Honestly, be honest. I no, I don't think back then. No, I don't. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And when you say that now, I see your face. When you say that now, how, how what does that bring out? It's such emotions. I feel like how how could I not feel that I was worthy during that time? Well, I should have had someone back then who understood and could have helped me. Because let me tell you something. I went through some tough times back then, so I should have I should have allowed someone. Karima, Karima, let yourself feel tonight. I know you're strong. I know you're accomplished. But 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 do tonight what you wouldn't do in law school. And that is to let yourself feel. You know, because when you're when you're adopted, you know, when you when you've had to create family, you we off we don't often feel worthy. We don't often feel like we deserve the best, right? And so and so as 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 you sit in your strong self now, Looking at your weak self then, what do you weep over? That's true. Yeah. So what 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 about your former self makes you want to cry? I I so I basically I, I feel bad for the what I didn't allow myself to have um, for all the questions that I had. You know, growing up and being adopted, feeling a little out of place. So uh, I just I weep for the time that I wasted. And for the lack of worthiness back then, that I didn't feel like I, I deserved. Yeah, yeah, no, I appreciate that. Thank you for that. So now, do you feel like you can have both? Oh, absolutely. I just, I just, I'm having a hard. I'm still having a hard. I'm having a hard time obtaining it or like allowing myself to have it, as I think that I'm just so programmed to be career oriented that I, I don't know how to switch. So I, I need some assistance. Okay, well, we can work Very on difficult. that. No, we can work on that. We can work on that. Um, let me ask you this. Did, did you have anybody in your life who modeled for you having a great career and a great relationship? No, I didn't. Do you have anybody now? Um, I mean, some lawyers and some professors and, you know, people that ultimately got married once they left law school. So I guess, yes, I do now. Yes, I do. And I'm like, that could have been me. <laughs> okay. Do you connect with them at the level of being a model for that? Somewhat. Um, I just feel a little, I no. So I feel disconnected. No, I don't feel. Okay. Well, that's, that's number one. That's yeah. your first homework. Okay. Your first homework okay. is to let someone into this story. Not as a not as a lawyer, not as a legal professional, but as a human being. Is to allow someone Absolutely. is to say to someone, you know what? I need you to be a model for me on how to have a great career and a great relationship because I've been challenged on how to do both of those things. What do you think about that? I love that. Yes, I, I agree with that wholeheartedly. Well, that's good because because that's the because we often we often can't do what we can't do what we've never seen, right? And trying to do what you've never seen often ends up making you crazy, inventing something that you don't have to invent. You're shaking your head. Talk. What does that mean? No, I'm. I, I'm. I'm. So as you're speaking, I'm just listening and I'm, I'm taking notes in my head. So yeah, I'll, I'll start doing that. 
I'll stop connecting more as a professional side and a more personal role in order to obtain the models that I need. So let's do this. Tell me what you Friday. wish. Tell me what you wish you had done differently. I mean, I wish I wouldn't have been giving time frames on dating. I wish I would have continued it um, longer than you know. I I, didn't, I have to give an expiration expiration date. So I would have done that different. No time frames. I would have allowed someone to date me the whole time in law school instead of during breaks, and that's it. And um, I wouldn't be bringing my laptop on dates. That's what I wouldn't do. Hello. Because that's where we started. And you tried to convince me to bring a laptop on my <laughs> date. And I was like, the devil is a lie. You don't bring no laptop on the date. You got to be involved in the date, Karima. I know. Okay. I'm trying. I'm working on it. So do you want to be married and have children? I do. I do. I feel, yes, yes. Now I'm worthy. Yes, I definitely want to be married with kids. Absolutely. Okay. I deserve it. Are you dating yes. now? I went a few dates um, in the last couple months, so it's okay. Like I said, I did bring the laptop on a, on a date a few months ago. Oh, God. Um, okay. Okay. Oh, oh God. Let, let's take a break. Let's take a break, because when we come back, I want to hear about these dates. And you want to hear about these okay. dates, too, because we already got the laptop. I want to hear what else is going on in these dates, okay? We're going to help Karima, because she deserves to be loved lavishly. All right? We'll be right back, right after this. Welcome back, everybody. I'm talking to my sister Karima. We're talking about dating. Karima, so let's talk about these dates, okay? Because I'm, I'm totally interested in this. So you went out on a date and you had your laptop. What happened? So he understood that I needed a laptop. So I only like ambitious men. That's it, Dr. Sean. You have to match my ambition. So he didn't have a problem with it. We had a lot of fun. He asked me on the second date and the third date. So Okay. Are y'all still dating? Nice. Yeah, ladies. Bring your laptop. <laughs> Karima, I gotta get you to leave that, that laptop at home, okay? I'm going on vacation this weekend. I'm trying to talk myself into not bringing my laptop. Well, I mean, there's nothing wrong with bringing a laptop on vacation because you may need to do whatever. But I'm just saying, let's say you and I go out on a date, hypothetically, okay? Karima, you and I are dating now. Yeah. And we're on a date, and we you know we're going to have we we know we're having mimosas, and we're having appetizers, you know, and hee hee hee, we're laughing, ha ha ha. We're talking about. And then you pull out a laptop. You know what that says to me? That I'm interested in the laptop and you, Dr. Sean? <laughs> no, Kariba. It says that, it, does, it, does it say you're driven? Yes. Does it say you're passionate? Yes. Does it say you're a, you're a high achiever? Yes. But it also says that you don't know how to cut it off. I know. And it also says that in this moment, I'm not the priority. So what I'm thinking is, Karima, you and I get married, or you and I get engaged, are you going to know how to cut it off? So when I say that, what comes to mind? There won't be, a, there won't be any future dates if I don't cut that out. So I'll be, I'll be limiting my laptop. Yes, because you want to send the message that, that you, that, yes, there you go, that you're interested that you're interested in the person, not just your career. 
that you that you that you are fully present because you can't be good at anything you're not fully present in. I guess I totally agree with that. You know what? I wouldn't want anybody to pull a laptop. On the date I was just anyone. about to say, what if, what if I was on a date with you and I pulled out my laptop? I don't even want you to pull out your phone, <laughs> let alone a laptop. Oh, I can't pull out my phone, but you can pull out the laptop? Laptop, phone, you know. <laughs> but you, you, you said it better than I could. You do to people what you would, you don't, you don't serve people something that you wouldn't eat. You're absolutely right. There you go. So tell, tell me, what, what kind of man are you looking for? So, like I stated before, definitely ambitious. Um, I want him to be funny, or if he's not funny, at least silly, um, motivated, goal-oriented, a little taller than me, and just, like, family, like, values family. Like, you know, has a good relationship with his parents, they're still alive, and that's it. Basically, ambition is just my, my my main goal, because I feel like only ambitious people understand ambitious people. Mm -hmm. That's just Okay, I mean, do you want him to be kind? Oh, absolutely. You, you, did, you didn't say it. You didn't say it. I know. You're right. I'm so, I have so much empathy. Yes, I, I would love for my future person to be kind and compassionate. And compassionate. Right. Understanding. And, and able to communicate. Okay, those are good. Yes. Those are good. Just, I'm, I'm just making sure these are on the list. So what What do you want? This for all the black women watch, women watching. What do you want them to look like? Let's just go there. I, want, I mean, I want them to be Taller than me. He doesn't have to be that tall. I used to want tall back in the day, but now I just want him to be taller than me. Doesn't have bearded or non-bearded. I want him to be a strong black man. That's what I want him to look like. Mm-hmm. I don't have to it. You want you want him to have you want him to have big feet? Big <laughs> Absolutely. That's a plus, Dr. Sean. Please and thank you. Blame, blame, blame it on the sickness, America. I don't know where that came from. Blame it on the sickness. All right. We only have big feet, tall, strong. No, I'm, I, listen, I'm, I'm all for it. I, I, just, I, I think people ought to be specific about what they want because when you're not, you end up getting us anything. You know what I'm saying? Yes. You pray for the, you ask for, the, for something and you, get, you don't get anything specific. You're absolutely right. You have to be more specific with your requests. And manifestations, absolutely right. So, so here's my question: If if he showed up, tall, strong, compassionate, handsome, driven, accomplished, gets along with his family, loves his mama, and he got big feet, <laughs> would you would you be able to accept you accept him in your life? Do you have room for him? Yes, Dr. Sean, I'm working on that. I'm making room. Every, I'm rotating everything. Oh, 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 oh. Making room and having room are not the same thing. Which I, which one is it? I have the room, yes. I have room. I will welcome this man. Where's he at, Dr. Sean? You bringing the guest out? <laughs> <laughs> wait, wait. This is the second show that I've had this week where someone said to me, okay, where's my date? <laughs> yes. Look, we're giving you topics. But where is he at? Listen, uh, Jocelyn and Tanisha and Trina, apparently on this show, these are my producers, executive producers. Producer, we're going to have to start providing dates for people because people come on expecting dates, and then we ain't got no dates for people, and they want to. All right. So, Karima, here's my last question, okay? What do you need to change about yourself 
to be ready for him. No, 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 don't answer fast. Because you're about to answer way too fast. Think about it. Matter of fact, close your eyes. Okay. Take a deep breath. Inhale. Exhale. Exhale. Inhale. Exhale. Okay, keep the eyes closed. What do you need to change about yourself to be ready for him? I need to work on not doing too many things in one day. I do a million things in one day. And just letting go of my career, my, letting go of everything else and just living, like just my personal life. That's it. That's what I need to do to be ready. Okay, let me help you answer this question, okay? Because I don't doubt anything that you just said. But what I think you need to work on is understanding that these two things are not opposites and that they're not competing. Your career and your heart can both be important to you. As you nurture one, you grow the other. Okay. And that you need to understand that you deserve them both. You're worthy of both of them. So let it happen. Okay. Okay, that's all I got. I don't have a date tonight for you. Well, I'll, I'll look out for tomorrow. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you for coming on, Karima. Thank you so much for having me. I appreciate your advice. Thank you so much and feel better. Thank you. Woo. I appreciate that some more. We'll be right back with more Book of Sean right after this. Let's talk about credit, people. Let's talk about how important it is. Credit is a big deal. Trust me, I know. And let me tell you why the three-week rule may be the best financial advice ever. Wait three weeks. What is the three-week rule, rather? Wait three weeks to buy that new car. Wait three weeks to refi your home or your mortgage. And wait three weeks to finance any major purchase. Why three weeks? because that's how fast the average master score user takes to boost his or her credit, an average score of 61 points. And listen, 61 points added to your credit score can save you tens of thousands on everything you finance. The master score technology was developed by Credit Data Science to boost your credit score and to make it higher and faster than you ever thought it possible. The master, the score master rather, is so easy that it takes about a minute to get started. And you don't have to wait months for your best credit score. So try score master today and see how many plus points you can add to your credit score. So go to scoremaster.com slash book of Sean. That's scoremaster.com slash book of Sean. Again, that's scoremaster.com Slash Booker Sean. Do yourself a favor. We'll be right back. So you guys always send me great videos. And I appreciate all the videos you send. Let's watch this video sent in by Gabriel. Hey, Dr. Sean. My name is Ms. Shea. I live in Houston, Texas. I recently started my own consulting agency. And my question is, how do I manage the fear of missing out while building my dream career? So often I find it difficult between managing time with my besties and getting the bag. Hey, Dr. Sean. I thought that said Gabriel. Oh, right, anyway. So, I get asked this question a lot. 
And in some part, my guest tonight, Karima, has a very similar question of how do you negotiate time between what you want to accomplish and what you enjoy doing. First thing I would say to you is to make sure that you don't see these two things in just a position. They're not in competition with each other. Learning how to make time for what you want to build, your kingdom, your queendom, your empire, is important. But having people you can share it with is also important. And the challenge is to understand that one without the other makes the one unfulfilling. What good is it to hang out with your friends if you ain't got nothing, you ain't building nothing? Y'all just hanging around, smoking, drinking, partying, and ain't nobody got nothing going on. And what good is having a bunch of things to build and to own, and then you come home at night and there's nobody there? You ain't got no friends because you don't make time for them. You don't have nobody, a lover, because you never thought that that was important. The key is to see yourself as a whole person. You are a whole person that needs accomplishment and affection. You need friendship and you need greatness. And you have to feed all parts of who you are. And overfeeding one will destroy the other. And when you destroy certain parts of yourself, well, listen, you're more apt to do stupid things and make bad decisions. And your friends have to be the kind of people who understand that you ain't just in, in the world snapping your fingers and shaking your behind. That you're here to build something. You have a vision and a dream and you're committed to that. And you have to understand that you ain't just here to build something. Friendship and love is important and unless you have that, you don't understand the secret to life. Life is not either or. You hear me? You don't have to choose. You have to be open to it all. Let love happen and let greatness happen. And make sure as you bring people into your life that they understand truly who you are. But also allow the people that you bring into your life to remind you of more of who you actually are. Because when it's all said and done, you can be the king of the mountain and be a father and a wife and a friend. Yeah, because that's what good living is all about. You can have life and life more abundantly. So remember that. Feast on that. Let that be the thing that drives you forward. Greatness and love. Let's take a break. We'll be right back right after this. Okay, let's not take a break. <laughs> we don't have any more. All right, someone DM me this question. Um, my boyfriend is a social media influencer. And now that he has achieved a bit of celebrity, he refuses to post pictures, photos of me on his social media. And he flirts with women on his pages. He claims that he has to flirt with them so that they can continue to follow him on social media so he can make money. Is this a red flag or am I just being insecure? Hmm. Well, it's a little bit of both. Because I think if your boyfriend is a social media influencer and him flirting and 
appearing to be single is a part of his business model, then it's a part of how he makes money. Now, not, I don't know a whole lot about being a social influencer. I think some of these people, you correct me if I'm wrong, some of these people make money, right, from being social influencers. So if his business model is the thing that sort of allows him that he has to appear a certain way for people to buy into to keep his followers, then that's about money. It's not about women. It's not about you. That's how he eats. And what y'all can do, what y'all should do is have a conversation about it. Because communication is how you clear up inconsistencies and things you don't understand. And I, I suppose that, there, that a bunch of social media influencers have to do the same thing that he's doing. Because that's the business model. People tend to want to be connected to you less when they think that you are taken. Part of the fantasy, it appears, is to believe that they could be with you, right? To believe that they can have you, right? That's true for celebrities, right? Real, real celebrities. A lot of celebrities don't let people know that they're dating because part of the fantasy is for the fans to believe, to believe that they can be with them. But that's what you chose. Don't get mad that he is doing what he does because he was doing it when you met him. That's what you chose. The thing, the thing that you need to understand is that whatever your relationship is, that's your relationship. Let me put it this way. These people are watching him on an app. You're laying next to him at night. Which one is more important? These people are DMing him. You are actually having dinner with him and having conversation with him. Which one is more important? Huh? And if somebody liking him on an app means more to you than actually sleeping with him at night or walking on the beach with him in the afternoon, then there's not something wrong with them. There's something wrong with you. You have to separate the real world from the digital world. And you actually are dating this man. So why don't you actually make it an enjoyable experience for the both of you? And whether or not it's a red flag, whether or not he's flirting, listen, that may be just part of the business model. Now, if he's actually dating other people, then that's different. But I think the two of you need to have a long conversation about what the terms of this relationship are right, are right now. And you need to decide whether or not you can put up with what the, what the conditions of the relationship are right now. But I think the thing you've got to remember is that you are in an actual relationship. They are not. All right. I'm done with the social media. Someone DM me this question. My husband and I have, a, have been married for five years. During marriage counseling, he revealed that he has had a girlfriend during our entire marriage and recently broke up with her. I had no clue that he was having an affair, and I feel like I married a stranger. He wants us to renew our vows and start over. How can I trust this man again? Well, this is easy. You can't. Someone who's been having a full-blown relationship with, with somebody for years and only tells you in counseling is somebody that you probably don't need to be trusting and you definitely don't need to be re renewing some vows. That's what a narcissist does. 
a narcissist, a narcissist does all kinds of crazy things and expects you to get over it, right? I cheated on you for years. I'm sorry. Now let's go renew our vows. What? That ain't how it works. And if you participate in that, he ain't the crazy one you are. You, you need to decide that you deserve better than somebody who can cheat on you for years, apologize, and then rush to the renewing of the vows. As if an apology, you know, erases everything. Everything is now better because you apologize. Let me tell you something. If you let people treat you bad, they, that's exactly how they're going to treat you. And that's what he's trying to do. He's using an apology to be the means by which he gets away with what he's done. I don't know if he's sorry or not, but I know that you're going to look crazy if you participate in his foolishness. How do I ever trust him again? Why is trusting him the most important question right now? What about your hurt? What about your pain? What about your disrespect? You've been dishonored. And instead of asking questions about yourself, you're rushing to asking questions about trusting him. That's how I know you're not only a victim, you've been held hostage by a master manipulator who has conditioned you to ask questions about him when you should be asking questions about yourself. My dear sister, I wish you freedom. I wish that you could liberate it from this. Not just physically liberated, but emotionally and psychologically liberated. You deserve better. You deserve to be treated better than this. Somebody has cheated on you for years, had a full-blown girlfriend while they were married to you. And you worried about trust? There's no trust here. There's no trust here because there's no love here. And there's no love here because there's no respect here. And there won't be any of that. Because you're dealing with someone who only cares about what he wants. It's your job to love you. It's your job to respect you. It's your job to demand more from a relationship than you demand it from him. You shouldn't be asking me how to trust him. You should be asking me, Dr. Sean, what should I have learned from this? What's the lesson here? And the lesson here is choose people who actually care about you. Connect with people who truly love you and not with people who make you feel good or who look good or who give you the illusion that you want. Love is a very difficult thing, but true love begins with you learning how to love yourself. Thank you for tuning in tonight. Thank you, my sister, for being here tonight. Y'all be good to each other, all right? Flourish in the matters of the heart. I love you.